And hello from Boise, Idaho and Idaho Education News. This is Extra Credit, your weekly podcast looking at education policy and education politics. I'm Kevin Richard. And I'm Clark Corbin. This should almost be the Pet Sounds edition of uh, the Extra Credit podcast. Uh, Clark and I uh, both had the chance last night to see the iconic, legendary Brian Wilson coming through Boise to perform, including uh, performing the entire Pet Sounds album from start to finish, one of the masterpieces of of American rock music. And really, it was a a fun show, and, you know, I kind of am kind of riding that high, but I will not try to sing high harmony this morning. (laughs) It sounds good. No, really lucky to be there, and it was a real treat. But we've got a lot uh, of news to get to this week. Kevin, we had a chance to catch up with two of the leaders on education issues from the past legislative session. Uh, Governor Otter gave his end-of-session press conference on Monday. What were kind of your uh, key takeaways from what the governor said? And then catch us up up to speed uh, with, with some of the news. Right. Uh, well, you were there, and, and I was watching it on, on the Internet. Uh, his takeaway was uh, generally he, uh, the governor gave the legislature pretty high marks on education issues, uh, satisfied with the budget, happy to see year three of the career ladder funded. But he, he also made it clear, and I think fittingly so, because I think it was kind of a mixed session for uh, for Governor Otter on education issues. He, he made it clear that he wasn't very happy with the way the legislature acted or didn't act on the insurance issue, on employee benefits and, and the costs of employee benefits for school districts. Uh, he was pretty upset about uh, the failure, again, to pass an adult completer scholarship, a scholarship that's designed to help adults who dropped out of college go back to college and get their degrees. So... While he gave the legislature an A on education issues, he made it clear that there were some, you know, there were some incomplete marks uh, in that equation as well. There were a lot of caveats, it felt like, mm-hmm. uh, to, get, to going out on the one hand and giving them an A, which is the highest possible grade uh, you could conceivably give the legislature and then mention uh, all the incompletes. But yeah, like you mentioned, on, even on the education front, a couple of the big issues... Uh, that the legislature did not endorse, did not go along with, were some of Otter's uh, initiatives, as you said. Um, Even to the end of the legislative session, uh, the governor was still pushing on that adult completer scholarship issue. I mean, he'd issued a guest opinion uh, urging the legislature to pass this. uh, And like like I said, this is the second time around on this issue, and he hasn't been able to get it through the legislature uh, the past two years. So uh, a little bit of dissatisfaction there that was pretty evident when you heard him talk. He also dropped a little bit of news um, that uh, the state is working on yet another settlement in the Idaho Education Network debacle. This is a potential settlement with the feds, a federal contractor that fronted the state $13.5 million to get this this ill-fated broadband project off the ground. He didn't go into a lot of detail about where we're at on the settlement, except that that is something that is in the works, and I have more details on that on my blog. Go to idahoednews.org and get caught up with the story that never seems to die, the Idaho Education Network saga. Yeah, good good report there. Everyone should for sure uh, and check that out. So obviously, Governor Otter kicked off the beginning of the week uh, with his uh, post-legislative session press conference and critique. And I had a chance... I had a chance later in the week to sit down with Superintendent of Public Instruction uh, Sherry Ibarra to get her uh, take for the very first time uh, since the legislative session had adjourned. Uh, Kind of 
Also optimistic, uh, sounding similar notes to the governor. She didn't give the legislature a specific letter grade. Uh, she said it was a great session that keeps getting better. Uh, she specifically uh, offered praise to the legislature for the education budget, which increased uh, public school spending by about 6.3% over current levels. She was very pleased with uh, almost $62 million worth of raises uh, for teachers and other uh, education professionals in our schools. Those were big initiatives uh, from her budget and the governor's as well, and so she was very uh, pleased with that. And the superintendent also suggested that um, she is growing as a politician in her own right. We kind of had a, a couple of funny moments where the superintendent said, jokingly, she said, you know, I knew I was getting better at this job because I know where all the bathrooms are in the state house, and my cell phone has more lawmakers' uh, cell phone numbers in it. But she was just joking, but she said, really, what it comes down to is relationship building. And the example she gave is how she described her relationship with first-year House Education Committee Chairwoman Julie Van Orden. Uh, Superintendent Ibarra said that there are mutual levels of respect uh, between the two women and they enjoy open lines of communications. And so that was kind of the example uh, the superintendent had given um, to kind of uh, discuss why she felt she was more comfortable uh, as a politician and as a leader herself. But reality check here. I mean, I think for, for Superintendent Ibarra, much like with uh, Governor Otter, kind of a mixed record on education issues. Uh, she hardly got everything she wanted coming into this legislative session. Yeah, I think the budget was an obvious and an easy highlight uh, to understand. But if you look, really, for the past two years, Superintendent Ibarra has said that a rural schools center proposal, uh, basically a $300,000 proposal uh, to launch a rural schools pilot program in North Idaho, which would basically facilitate these cooperative agreements between small geographically isolated school districts. That's been her top legislative priority for the past two years. We've talked about this on Extra Credit before, but once again in 2017, the Senate declined uh, to even consider right. the bill. And so uh, once again, Superintendent Ibarra watched her top legislative proposal die. Uh, couldn't even get it over to the Senate. She did tell me um, that she wants to bring that back again next year. But it's obvious that lawmakers have a lot of unanswered questions about this, not least of which being that state law already allows um, school districts to enter into cooperative agreements. Ibarra says her proposal uh, is much stronger than that because, in reality, small school district leaders don't have the time and resources to do this on their own, and so this would be a sort of incentive for them. On another front, though, and we've talked about this, um, the legislature did not agree with her plan to provide training for school administrators uh, in light of the teacher evaluations accuracy right. she wanted that controversy. back under her umbrella. It, it stays under the state board's umbrella, which is what Governor Otter had wanted. Yeah, and so on, on a couple of initiatives, uh, the superintendent um, saw her authority given elsewhere and then lost on one of her big uh, proposals. And then there's science standards, which was, uh, for her department... A big deal because her department had started over with a whole new process of trying to redo the science standards and she went before the uh, the committees and said uh, this is how we work the process we think we followed the process we heard from Idahoans uh, overwhelming support for what we're trying to do here she wanted the standards uh, kept in full obviously that didn't happen we had the uh, the climate change deletions so uh, 
another area where uh, where Ibarra did not persuade the legislature. She did get some additional funding uh, to school districts and discretionary funding. That was a win for her, but really kind of a mixed session for, for her. Yeah, it, it, it was. Uh, she had specifically asked the legislature uh, to pass the science standards intact, but then when it became clear that they weren't, she said, oh, we can also live with this. Mm-hmm. And, and she's positioning the issue as kind of, well, we're just going to go and get more feedback and so really she's improve more of a these. politician. Yeah. Uh, really. I mm-hmm. mean, she looked at it and said, well, I'll, I'll take what I get here. Yeah. And, and again, these are temporary in nature, no matter what the legislature did. In 2017, we knew it would be coming back um, in 2018. But let's talk a little bit, Kevin, I alluded to it talking about the superintendent's critique of the legislature, but the state budget, obviously that was the big increase for education spending, and we obviously saw uh, Governor Otter sign those bills into law officially this week. No surprise, though. Yeah, right? not, not a lot of suspense. I mean, of all of the post-session, will he sign, will he veto, uh, this was one where I don't think there was any question that he was going to sign the seven education budgets. So that happened Tuesday. Um, and now we wait on some other uh, big ticket items and some other you know more controversial issues. We were able to kind of write the final chapter on the state budget, but I uh, also spent some time this week looking at uh, another bigger budget issue that's looming uh, back in D.C. at the federal budget. And that, you know, we talked about no mystery with the state budget, a little bit more intrigue with <laughs> the federal budget. We don't really know what its prospects are. They may not look good. But you did a really interesting report, which folks can head over to IdahoEdNews.org and track down. But you had a chance to talk with educators in Idaho about how uh, President Trump's proposed budget could affect education. So I guess start at big picture. What are some of the proposals in the budget? And then uh, from there, go through uh, what some Idahoans are saying about the impact. Right. Let's do the overview, and then we'll zoom down into uh, the the on-the-ground. The Trump budget, and this is just a summary version of the budget, the skinny budget, as they call it back in D.C., even the summary, you can see that there's a a very significant change that uh, he would like to uh, implement in terms of education funding. He's talking about a 13% decrease in overall funding for the uh, U.S. Department of Education. He's still talking about putting more money into school choice programs, even as the overall budget decreases. And part of the way you get there is um, he proposes cutting a a teacher training program uh, that's worth $2.4 billion across the country and about $10 million in Idaho. He's also proposed cutting a program that uh, pays for after school, uh, before school, summer uh, summer programs in schools. Uh, That's another $1.2 billion uh, nationally. So I had the chance to talk to some educators and some education officials at the district levels around the state, and there's a lot of concern, uh, a lot of concern that these uh, training programs, uh, they're kind of a supplement to what the state is already paying for in terms of professional development, but it allows a district like Blaine County to teach teachers how to work with English language learners. And that's a big deal in Blaine County. I mean, 18% of the students in Blaine County are ELL students, so... That training is really important, and Blaine County says, look, we've got budget straits right now, budget constraints. It would be really difficult for us to replace that money. 
get, hear similar stories in, in other districts. A lot of school districts in Idaho have significant populations of English language learners. These are programs that are used in districts throughout the state. And so you had a chance to talk to Blaine County, but certainly uh, the situation would not be unique to, the, to no, that hardly, school district. Partly. Uh, and as I talked to other districts about uh, the either before school, after school, summer programs, one that kind of jumped out at me, CUNA, has used some of the federal money to expand kindergarten for kids who are at risk. Basically, they, they look at uh, incoming kindergartners, they'll look at the fall IRI scores, for example, and they will suggest to parents that maybe uh, they'd like to uh, take advantage of some additional hours, 13 hours a week, and you know get some extra help. And CUNA points to some IRI numbers that they say are, are very encouraging. I mean, you know, these, these students who come into this all-day kindergarten program, their fall IRI scores are very low, um, but increase uh, dramatically over the course of the year as they go through the uh, go through the calendar year. Um, you know, it, so they feel like they've had results. They feel like they're getting uh, get, getting some improvements. Um, and that kind of goes to some of the criticism of these programs that's coming from the White House. The concern that they are saying is that a lot of money has been put into these uh, programs and we're not seeing results or we're not seeing measurable results. So if you look at IdahoNews.org, if you look at my article on this, you'll kind of see the numbers that CUNA has had in, in terms of the kindergarten scores and, and some of the scores with their other students. One of the things that was interesting as I did this story uh, was listening to Superintendent Ibarra talk about the federal budget. She brought it up briefly at a conference this week, which actually was a conference of educators to talk about federal programs. Yes, yeah, several hundred uh, teachers and administrators were in Boise for this conference. Yeah, it was a big you deal. were hanging big out there. And her takeaway on the budget was, uh, hey, don't worry too much about what's being cut in this budget because there's more money that's going into Title I. Uh, program that's uh, targeted towards uh, low-income students. And she's right, but she's not completely right. Right. Um, the Title I increase comes to a billion dollars in the, in the Trump budget proposal. But when you talk about the teacher training programs and the after-school programs, that tallies up to $3.6 billion. So the Title I money doesn't make up for what's being cut in these other programs. And, and I asked, to, asked her to clarify that as I was working on the story, and she she walked it back a little bit, but not really walked it back and, and said, you know, there's, you know, I wouldn't be, you know, I, I wouldn't advocate for a budget cut, but, you know, she said that the uh, the administration has research on its side to, to make these recommendations. So anyway, that's all in the story as well. Um, you know, take a look at what she said on Wednesday, take a look at what she said on Thursday and, you know, get a closer look at what's in store in this proposed federal budget very early on in the process. It may or may not go anywhere. Sure. But you get a sense of what's uh, what's at play. What could be at stake, what, what the impact could be for Idaho. It's a good report. Um, there's one more thing uh, that I want to cover before we go this week, Kevin. Uh, for the first time in Idaho Ed News' history, we've worked uh, on some independent polling numbers, which we presented this week. It's kind of a series of articles that we're going to unveil, which we're calling the People's Perspective. Uh, but we, along with our funding partners, uh, partnered up with a New York-based polling outfit and consultancy group, surveyed 1,004 Idahoans uh, last fall, and asked them about some of their 
top priorities, and this won't be a, uh, a surprise to people that follow education issues closely, but they said that their top priority um, was education, right, Kevin? Right, uh, and I think this replicates what we've seen from previous surveys, but when Idahoans are asked their top priority, uh, they say education trumps the economy, trumps the environment, this is their, their top priority. But with that comes some concerns and, and comes some, some angst about uh, education. Uh, what we found is that 53% of respondents uh, gave their local school district a letter grade of a C or lower. And when asked if they believe that, you know, whether they believe the education system in the state is, uh, is in very good shape and needs little change, only 7% of respondents uh, agreed with that statement. So uh, what you're hearing from Idahoans is that they value education, they consider it important, but they do want to see some some changes they think there's room for improvement you guys can check that out we'll we'll play with it a little bit more we'll dig deeper into some of those numbers and and have uh, more articles come out taking a closer look um, at, at that we'll call all of them the people's perspective so if you want to uh, find out what some of the top priorities are uh, among your friends and neighbors and, and fellow residents of the state uh, that's a good resource but and it's if you not... want to see some of the takeaway numbers you can go on our website right now and, and... Scroll down. Yeah, certainly not surprising though that education is the top priority. We've seen that uh, in other recent polls, including a recent uh, Boise State University exactly. mm-hmm. uh, yep. poll as well. Well, I think that covers all the news that I wanted to get to this week. Uh, we have a lot of fun uh, with this podcast this year, and I'm glad so many people are listening to it, enjoy it. I do have one suggestion. If you find yourself trapped inside uh, and weathering some gloomy weather this weekend, maybe find a quiet spot. Put the Pet Sounds album on. I think it'll really bring a smile uh, to your face and, 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 and uh, help you get through the weekend. 50 right? years old, and it, it still holds up. And, and seeing it in person, it holds up as well. It, it's a great album. It's a masterpiece. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next Friday with a brand new edition of the Extra Credit Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Idaho Ed News for all of our breaking news. In the meantime, have a good weekend. I'm Clark. I'm Kevin. Have a good week.